0: This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Fattening up your bridesmaids. A flatulent crook. Vatican
1: Pokemon Go. My brush with June Foray. And our Celebrity Minute guest,
0: Jack McDowell, Cy Young Award winner. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production and on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. Another episode of Minutia Man in the books, ready to rock. Peeling them off, baby. Woo! Another one. Yo! Look at us. We're working every week, baby. <laughs> Until
1: next month, you're taking a couple of weeks off, aren't you? No, Uh uh, you know, maybe
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one, I think I'm only, no, you know what? You'll take it too. No, I won't. I won't take any time off because it's Thanksgiving time. I, uh, I'm assuming you're not going to do a show on Thanksgiving. Uh, you're right. Um, and that following Friday, we're going to Cincinnati. See, so, so, so um, um, who's taking the time off? But man? this is like six in a row, baby. I know. Right? Cause we are, uh, we are men and we are dedicated to minutia. Yeah, we are men who I still have this cough. Did you hear the cough?
1: Uh, Are you
0: feeling better,
1: Dave? No, he's not. When you think about a cough, you end up coughing. I'll muddle through. I'll make it through. My people have been through a lot more than just (laughs) some sniffles. You know what I mean? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) So something happened to me a couple of days ago. Okay. Okay. And it kind of made me kind of reevaluate my life.
0: You know, we're getting to the point where uh, your best the best things that happen to you, you don't tell me in real life anymore. Yeah, right. I save it for save the podcast. Yeah, okay. Right. So so what is it? What so happened? I go to this Dunkin' Donuts. I teach two mornings a week, um, yeah.
1: nuclear physics. No. And um, <laughs> so there's a Dunkin' Donuts right by the school. Yeah. And I go there every I, i'm a routine guy i don't yes, know i don't are. know if this this is uh so i go to the same dunk donuts and i always order two
0: uh sausage egg and cheese wake up wraps okay now you were just giving me shit a second ago for having a mcdonald's uh uh sausage mcmuffin i wasn't giving you a shit I yeah was, you sure were what was i saying you said uh you know you really got to watch that crap I don't think I said that. You said that. All right. Well, the wake up
1: wraps have far less carbs. But anyway, so I always get two wake up wraps and a large tea and it's six eighty two is my cost. Mm -hmm. Okay. now a couple of days ago, I got the same order and the price was like six fourteen. Oh, all right. So my first inclination is, well, I'm not saying anything to anybody. Right. I kind of of look around and then I noticed that, um, you know why it was cheaper?
0: Because the, they've been overcharging you for the last six months? No, no.
1: The guy gave me a 10% senior discount.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And he didn't ask. It was total organic. Oh, my God. And this prick's name is Raymundo S. Because <laughs> they put it on the... He's now my nemesis, Raymundo S. from the uh, scope. Right, this d- is
0: very Aunt Dave-like uh, to not be thankful of saving you $0.55. Well, cents. I'm now
1: asking for this damn senior <laughs> discount every time I go to especially so when maybe he's behind you should be the,
0: praising Raymundo.
1: Well, you know, thank you. And I guess after a year it turns into real money. Yeah. You well. know, Eighty bucks a I already figured it out, it's like seventy eight bucks a year. Uh it's but not bad. Uh, and if Raymundo ever leaves, I'm just following that son of a bitch wherever
0: he goes. <laughs> you know, whatever he's doing to get the I, I think if gun. he ever leaves the next person will think the same,
1: yeah, i uh, but it was purely, and this comes on the heels actually of a couple of weeks ago I was on a train um going downtown, and a kid, and when I say kid, someone in his like forties got up and asked me if I wanted to sit
0: in a seat wow, All right so. So that's where we're at right now. No, that's not where we're at. That's where you're at. (laughs) It's not happening to me yet. Well, it will. We got a great show today, huh? We do. We have a former Cy Young Award winner coming on the show in just a bit. Black Jack McDowell, Uh, former Chicago White Sox pitcher, former Yankee. uh, Indian, too. And Angel. Yeah, I think he he bounced around a little at the end there. Yeah, Uh, and
1: former rock musician. And the guy... Current rock musician. And the guy who... Pretty much is the reason I wore a goatee from 91 to, like, 95.
0: So we'll be tackling all of those important issues uh, coming up later in the show. But first, uh, we have to bring you some regular minutia. I've got some audio. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave.
1: Ricky, this comes out of New Zealand. I don't think we've ever done a story out of New Zealand, have we? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, when you're working every week like us, probably at some point. Woman secretly fattened up her bridesmaids. Before her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a Grimm's fairy tale, doesn't it? Like a, like a weird, weird, dark Grimm's fairy tale. It actually sounds like it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got documentation here out of New Zealand. A woman has opened up about how she used smoothies to fatten up her bridesmaids before her wedding day. Penny... In quotations, might not be her real name, says she made a special smoothie for her sisters. Now Oh, that's even better. Right. This is that's not just bridesmaids, better. these are sisters, uh, who would be bridesmaids at her wedding every morning. They never knew what was in it or that the intention was to make them fat. Wow. Uh the bride told Wim that she and her sisters had always been competitive. <laughs> okay. She admitted she had been planning her wedding for a long time and knew she would get a little bridezilla-ish, uh but didn't she couldn't even predict how much
0: of a freak she was going to be about this. I this just does not even begin to compute in my head.
1: Well, I'll tell you it kind of does to me because okay. I don't I don't know if you remember this when you were the mediocre man at my wedding. Yeah. Did you notice that the groomsmen all had various male pattern baldness going on? Not me. No, you didn't, but yeah. the Oh, some no, of the lesser,
0: I, the supporting cast. I did not I, notice that. That might
1: have been, you know, I was trying to maybe, no,
0: obviously it, didn't happen. Um, I do. I do know one secret, though, about uh, oh, now, now that I am fat myself and yeah. I'm getting there. Um, here's a trick for you. When you get your picture taken yeah. and it's a group shot. You go behind somebody. Either behind somebody or, you, or you're in the middle. Because if you're on the edge and you're a fat guy, you are like. Twice as wide. Okay, so if you're a fat guy in the middle. But if you're in the middle, you get squished in by the other people. Well, I have. I I should have never told you that because we get our pictures taken together (laughs) so
1: often. I'm in the middle. (laughs) No, I'm in the middle. (laughs) Uh, Get out of the way! Have you noticed all the pictures that we've been taking (coughs) lately at these events? I keep, I put my chin up. Because if I go straight on, I have two chins, but if I raise my head just a little, I only have one chin. Okay. So maybe you're a little bridezilla. Yeah. So there you go. Penny, New Zealand. She was making these smoothies. She would wake up in the morning. Evidently, she lived with her sisters. She would wake up in the morning and go, hey, Sarah, uh, Joan, got some smoothies
0: here for you. So I mean, how does this get into the newspaper? That's I don't when, know. I mean, she must have leaked it to somebody. Or, or one of her sisters. Or one of her sisters did. And she goes on to say
1: that she made a smoothie that looked exactly like the fat smoothies. But hers was just all fruit. and Oh, my God. Yeah, and the other ones were laced with, I don't know, cane sugar and high fructose corn syrup or whatever. Um, and um, And there you go. And she also went on to say that she purposely picked bridesmaids dresses in a neon yellow that would make them look washed out and pallid. <laughs> it's terrible. But, <laughs> hey, uh, is Penny's husband possibly aware of this? I mean, if
0: I'm aware of this in your mom's basement, I would assume that. He may be aware of this as well. Uh, he, he most certainly <laughs> is. That's funny. So um, I was thinking back to my own wedding mm-hmm. and you know, I had five groomsmen. Yeah. And um, my biggest mistake was picking all White Sox fans. Uh, Every one of my groomsmen was a White Sox fan. But there was one moment in my wedding that I'd like to share with our listeners. Oh. If you don't mind it. Um, see, Dave was one of my groomsmen. But Dave had never been to a Catholic mass (laughs) before. And I neglected to kind of fill him in on how this works. You couldn't (laughs) have written me a syllabus or something. A synopsis (laughs) is what's going on. So it's time for communion. And Dave just, you know, follows. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I was the first one. Oh, you rats. Right. Because And I wasn't the best man. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was the the, uh, just the the next
1: best man. (laughs) I was I was a supporting cast. I was Scottie Pippen. And, uh. Well, go on, go
0: on. So, so uh, it was time to go up and get the communion, and he and Dave's the first one up, and and he just stands there. The priest <laughs> hands it to him, and he he stuck it in his pocket. He stuck the Eucharist in his pocket. Yeah. And after the after it was all over, we explained to him that you know the the Catholics believe that it is actually literally yeah. the body of Christ that you're. Putting in your pocket, which is kind of ridiculous when it comes right <laughs> down to it. Uh, but Dave had a joke and, and has a joke now for the rest of his life, which is right. Is is that the body of Christ in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me?
1: <laughs> so I still have it, actually.
0: Uh, yeah. And I'm going to. Uh, so there's a tip for you. If you're if you getting married and you got and, Jews and you got some Jews in your uh, bridal party, make sure you explain how the whole thing works. Just a couple of lines, maybe a paragraph would, would help us out beforehand. All right. I have uh, some minutiae for you. This is a story uh, in Kansas City, a Kansas City man facing federal gun and drug uh, drug charges um, is 25 years old and he was questioned back in November of 2017. His name is Sean Sykes, Jr., he pleaded guilty to one kind of possession with intent to sell cocaine, heroin, marijuana, and using a firearm in the furtherance of a drug crime. Now, this doesn't Bad sound guy. like a wacky right, right, story, right? right? Uh, well, the plea deal gave the journalists a chance to look back at his original interrogation, which occurred in <laughs> September of 2017 after a routine traffic stop. And they found out some very interesting things. Uh, for instance, um, it turns out that Mr. Sykes throughout the entire uh, interview interrogation had a, had a bit of a gas problem and kept like was like during the answering of questions would just like sit on one side, <laughs> lift the leg up in the air and, and did it over and over and over again. Well, I, I mean, if you're going to go up the river, you might as well have a little so, stick in there. <laughs> but it was in the police report. <laughs> And I am right now playing you uh, audio of the, of that exact uh, of the of the exact interrogation. Uh, interrogation. Now, what's funny about this audio is, do you remember uh, a guy that we went to school with named Joel Com? Oh, the guy who's like a he's a zillionaire, like, multi millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. Uh, he one of the things he's done is released in uh, a, a CD of fart noises. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons he's now a multi millionaire. Yeah. It's one of his best selling things. And this is. Good is, for Joel. This is track seven off of there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign where you can get those degrees to, uh, that's to right. prepare you for that. Ah, so. Beautiful. Hey, we got a winner. Oh, fantastic. Uh, pick Baby. Pick, pick Baby. Pick, pick, pick Baby. Yeah, okay. Pick Baby is a Twitter follower. And All what right. Pick Baby did is they just retweeted and followed us. And you know what they won? Uh, They want an Amish coffee mug. They want an Amish coffee mug. They uh, back in or uh, back in the game by Rich King. Great book.
0: Have we ever explained what an Amish coffee mug is? I don't know. Go for it. So uh, you're probably wondering. Mm -hmm. We're not traveling to Indiana or Pennsylvania and going to Amish country and buying coffee mugs from them. Uh, And chances are they're not listening to the podcast anyways right now. Probably true. But Dave and I once owned an advertising agency that was called Amish Chicago Advertising. The Amish stood for Men in Search of Happiness, which we didn't find, we, which is why we disbanded the company. Yep. Uh, and to
1: give you an idea of how naive we were, I don't know if naive is the right word. Uh, we had a client out of Nebraska who couldn't pay us, <laughs> right. so he paid us in coffee mugs.
0: Right, that's how in that In a happened.
1: shitload of coffee mugs, <laughs> yes. and that's why
0: on episode 104 <laughs> we're still giving them away. And the company's been dead for 10 years.
1: <laughs> so if you want an Amish Chicago coffee mug, all you got to do is retweet and follow us, uh, and um, we pick a random winner. Also, you know what you can do, Rick? Review us? You can review us. We've got over 200 reviews right now. That's fantastic. Uh, you can also get us on Stitcher, Google Play iTunes,
0: Spotify. Spotify. And we are all over the place. so You can't understand. miss us. If you're not listening to Minutia Man, it's because you don't want to be yeah, listening exactly. to Minutia Man. Because uh it's very easy to find us. Do you have any more minutia?
1: Um well we were just talking about Catholicism and the body of Christ, right? Oh good. This is a good segue here. <laughs> okay. Vatican releases Pokemon Go type game for Catholics. Really? Okay. Yeah. A third party developer with papal blessings from the Vatican has released a free smart ca- a smartphone app called JC Go. And you know what JC stands for, right? <laughs> I sure do. Uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a game that's similar to Pokemon Go, but different in some other ways. In uh, Jesus Christ Go, or JC Go, instead of co- ca- catching Pokemon, uh, players have to roam around the world to find Catholic saints and other biblical characters. Okay, to join their is it evangelization team? Is that yeah, the right that's word? right. Yeah. Uh, and instead of attacking them, which if this is truly a Catholic a Catholic app, you would t- attack them, wouldn't you? Like in the fourteen hundreds, that's not very nice. I'm sorry, uh, you have to answer some of their questions before you can join their team. Uh, so there you call it. there there you go. It's called J C Go. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. Um, now I've been playing J C Go for years ever since I drove. I've been driving. <laughs> right. You know, I say it. You know. Jesus Christ, go about fifteen times in traffic a day. You know? Yeah. That I believe. And <laughs> shouldn't it be called Pokemon Go? <laughs> oh, uh, very good. Come on. And uh, the character, which I think is in bad taste, yeah. the main character
0: is a Pikachu. And Uh, nice. uh, There you go. Nice. Good night, Chicago. You know, um, I was uh, in a fifth grade class yesterday. Uh, uh, They asked me to come in occasionally as a writer and go in there and talk to the classes about writing. Did
1: you sell any Amish
0: Chicago coffee mugs to any? I did not. (laughs) But uh, I think I might have sold a few father knows nothing books because uh, they asked me to read from it. And and I don't know if I've ever told you this. The reason I I bring this up is because you mentioned Pokemon and there's a couple of stories in the book about Pokemon but um, our perfect audience is fifth, fifth graders. graders. Oh, yeah. they, were <laughs> they were rolling. They were rolling. They loved me. I got like a standing ovation. Bravo. <laughs> <Bravissimo>! <laughs> and I'm going to read you the story that got it for me. All right. You ready. Yeah. Um, this is a story of, uh, this is in my book. Father knows nothing. The Father knows nothing was a column I wrote for years for the uh, Northwest Indiana times. And uh, I would have to, every week, find something funny to write about with my kids. It was all about parenting.
1: So that kept your eyes open 100% of the time for funny stories. Exactly.
0: And when you spend your whole life looking for funny, yeah. you're going to be a happy person. And I was a very happy person during these years. Um, and one day, I was sitting around the corner, and my boys were uh, putting on their snow boots and getting ready to go outside. And this is a conversation. This is, I transcribed this conversation. This okay. is a real conversation. Sean and Johnny Sean Why did dad say we shouldn't eat snow He just means the yucky snow What's the yucky snow Anything that isn't white (laughs) But all snow is white Nuh-uh Sometimes it's gray or black That means it's dirty If you eat it It's like you're eating mud What if it's blue It's never blue (laughs) What if it is It won't be It could be yellow though Don't eat that It's animal pee And brown is animal What if it's green that's just the grass underneath it. What if it's orange? It won't be orange. But if it, but if it's a snowman's nose, it could be orange. Snowmans have orange noses. They do not. Yes, they do. They have carrots. Fine. What if it's red? That's blood. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, it's... A snow, that's a snow woman. No, yeah. no it's not. It's diarrhea. <laughs> wow. No, it's not. Diarrhea is brown. <laughs> I had red diarrhea one time. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> not outside in the snow long silence maybe an animal has red diarrhea what kind of an animal a red fire pokemon those aren't real what about a cardinal all birds have white poop <laughs> long silence but i thought you said that white snow and scene
1: oh and scene nice very yeah. and uh that was that happened what three weeks ago, right, Johnny? Or she, <laughs> Johnny's twenty, Sean is sixteen.
0: <laughs> it happened about ten years ago, and no. and uh, it, it, you know how hard it is to listen to a conversation like that without oh, laughing a lot. Right, exactly. But so I, the whole time I was writing that column, I walked around with a, a notepad and oh yeah, and whenever paper funny, and whenever right. something funny. So anyway, that was
1: that's my little story. Well, do you know as an aside, you know the Pokemon is still huge, as you know. Yeah. Erin, my 12-year-old, one of my 12-year-old daughters, is really into Pokemon. And she watches YouTube videos of people opening up Pokemon card packs. I've heard about this. And and, and this guy that she listens to or watches has like 3.2 million subscribers. (laughs) And all he does is he goes and buys Pokemon packs and opens them.
0: Yeah, I think we've missed our call. No, I know. We We would have been huge on that market. All right. I think uh, we've run out of minutia, but we still have time for another feature here, which is our Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity that I've met over my, my media career and I have to uh, tell the story of how I met that person and what that was all about. I'm not sure I know who this person is. June Foray? June Foray, I think she recently passed away. Uh, She was a voiceover artist, maybe one of the most famous female voiceover artists of all time. She was uh, Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Okay. Rocky and Bonewinkle. She was Natasha. They were both the same? Yes. She was also... (laughs) Uh, Granny from the Tweety cartoons. Okay, she was Nell Fenwick. Uh, she was Ursula from George of the Jungle. Okay, so I mean, so she, she was a she was big deal. I think she was in Cinderella. Okay, uh, she all sorts of stuff. I mean, huge, right, huge right. voiceover actor. And we uh, were lucky enough to get her on Landecker show. And you know, for me, this wasn't that big of a thrill because yeah we kind of a little bit missed the rock although i mean i liked uh, i liked her stuff and everything but i wasn't you know i wasn't that excited yeah i can say this now because she's not (laughs) not around but i pretended more that (laughs) i was excited than i really was but vince who was my technical uh, assistant and who does all our jingles who does all our jingles and does, does all the voices uh for us he idolized June Ferrey because he is also a, like a character vocal mm-hmm. actor and loves doing voices. In fact, when we, he was one of the owners of Amish Chicago, which you talked about earlier. And he has 300 coffee mugs, I believe, <laughs> <laughs> but he used to do most Fine. of the voices Fine. in, in the commercials that we wrote. So he was nervous the whole <laughs> week before we had her on. And then John, uh, Landecker let, uh, Vinny and June Foray do a bit together. Oh my God! On the air, and, and I don't remember what voice. I Vince would remember the voices, but they each did a a, car, a cartoon character voice together in a scene. Oh my! God. He must, and have it was like bit, one of the biggest right. thrills of Vince's uh-huh. life.
1: So this is like your equivalent of when you did the love scene with
0: Liesel. Yeah, um, yeah. That's Sunday his. Music. That's his uh, Liesel story. So I thought that was one. Nice you thought. could do worse than a Natasha. You, you know could what I'm saying you could. All right. So now it's time to bring on a, we talk about celebrities, and then we bring on an actual celebrity. And he, and this one. Well, wait, let's play the audio. All right. I don't think we need to do much of an intro. Oh, Sorry. All right. Here it goes. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute. Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Joining us right now on the phone, former Cy Young winner, Chicago White Sox great. And also, I believe an Indian, an Angel, a Yankee, but for a us, musician. for us, he's he'll always be a Chicago White Sox player. Black Jack McDowell, how are you today, Jack?
2: Hey, doing well. What's going on? Man? Hey,
0: thanks a really a lot
1: for appreciate your time, uh, Jack. You had a hell of a career. Let's be honest. Nineteen ninety three, AL Cy Young Award winner, 100, over one hundred and twenty five career wins, three point eight five ERA. But let's face it, your biggest accomplishment was flipping off New York Yankee fans. So as far as I'm concerned, that's first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, was that just a moment of rage? Or that, is, or?
2: that is definitely the memorable moment,
1: guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you, you know, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, I flip off people four or five times a day on the, you know, on the Dan Ryan. Was this just something? <laughs> was this just something uh, that just happened? I'm sure it wasn't premeditated. You did, you know, what what was going through your mind? Do you remember the incident? Paint us a picture.
2: Well, okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> Second start of the season. I mean, if you can go back, that that was the first time that the Yankees went to the playoffs in 13 years. Was that season? And if you could go name our starting pitching, I'd give you a high five, okay? <laughs> we started out with um, Jimmy Key as our our number one, and I was the number two. One start into the season, Jimmy Key was done for the year. So Buck Showalter came to me and he said, listen, I know you're an innings eater guy. You don't care about your personal stats. We're going to have to ride you this year, man. You know, we got a lot of young arms. So we're going to be trying to mix guys in. He said, you're, you're going to go out there and say, so that's what I do. I, I, I go out there and try to do the whole game every time. So, it was one of those years where, you know, you you, maybe you have a tough start. You aren't going to be out of there after four innings. You know, you're going to have to stay out there and suck it up and get beat up a little bit, which I did a few times that year. And
0: taking one for the
2: team, right? Yeah, and after after a couple times in a row of getting booed because I'm staying out there sucking up innings, you know, and then that game was against the team that traded me and they were beating me up too i was just like you know what guys <laughs> you're supposed to be all the, the the great smart new york fans and you aren't figuring this out yet so yeah i was pretty upset did
1: you did you get any death threats i mean you were on i uh, you were on the front page of the newspapers did you get any death threats i mean new york yankee fans not the most forgiving obviously no
2: you know there wasn't much at all and actually the fans uh the fans actually Treated me a heck of a lot better after that. Once everybody started talking it out and all this, they they you know I kind of became a little bit of a folk hero there. So that was good. <laughs> good for you. Were
0: there any good like headlines? You know the the New York Post. I think or... Jackass was one of them.
3: Oh really? I saw <laughs> well
2: and well and then there's there's the Yankee Flipper. Mm. Which, oh good. Uh, uh, you know worked its way into a uh, rock and roll song. So what the heck? <laughs> that, you, know, you can't uh, beat
1: that. You know what? What the hell? You know? I, uh, hey, um, back in the nineties. You here in the White sox, I remember I don't know if you remember me um yeah, but you probably don't, but I used to see you in the dead of winter with a rubber ball throwing it against a brick wall uh is that is that how you were is that how you were um practicing during the off season
2: yeah, except it wasn't a rubber ball, it was a real baseball oh it was okay I would, use, I would use one ball every time I would go throw against the wall, I'd use one ball, and by the end of it it would be done but You know, you got your, you got your throwing. And yeah, there was an old uh, church that had a huge brick wall, kind of a block and a half from my house and so yeah, I would go throw against that wall. Yeah. I still think it's a a great pitcher's workout because you're throwing against the wall and then you got to field a ground ball on the way back. Oh, good. So you're getting your leg work in, you're getting all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I would definitely do that all winter. Did anybody, you know, all these guys would have to go to Northwestern to throw. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive 45 minutes to throw a 15 minute bullpen. I'll get my stuff done here.
3: Did,
1: did anybody else recognize you? Was I the only one? Who, and, and I don't know if you remember this. You asked me to grab a bat, and I ran like a little baby out of there. Did, did anybody else? <laughs> did anybody else notice you doing
2: it? Yeah, occasionally people would walk by. You know, it was a pretty. It wasn't really a, a very much of a pedestrian walk in that area. It was more people driving by. But the funny thing was is we lived. Um, with an alley behind our um, garage and then a an elementary school right behind the fencing, right behind that alley with uh, no cover. And so during the winter, I also, when it was time to throw off the mound, I would drag a portable mound out into that alley and throw into a net. And all the grade school kids would watch, so they kind of knew I was there and they would get their 10 minutes to hang out and watch me throw out. So that
1: was fun. Well, if I would have, awesome. if I would have taken a bat, I would have totally taken you downtown. I'm <laughs> telling you that right now.
2: <laughs> you know, it, I think
0: it's great that you practice like little league kids do, you know, throwing up against the wall. That's how we all, all the baseball players in America that live in cities like we do. That's the only place we could do it. Yeah. Yeah. You draw a box on the on the wall with a big thing of chalk, and then there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, back to your career. Was there ever a player that you just could not get out, or a player that you just knew that you owned? You know, one way or the other.
2: Well, it's interesting because you know, to start to finish your career, it's it, you usually don't have just like one end or the other, but you do go through streaks. Like I began, I began my career and Mark McGuire, I believe started out 0 for 29 or 0 for 30 against me. Wow. And to a point where he wouldn't, he wouldn't um, play when I pitched wow. when he was with Oakland for, for a couple, couple go rounds there. And then all of a sudden he comes back and he's a little closer to the plate. He's crouched a little bit, and I go, "Wow, this looks different. This is weird." And then he started hitting me, and then he started hitting me pretty good. So you go look at our career numbers, and they're pretty normal numbers, okay? Okay. But you have to realize that that started out over thirty. So he kind of beat me up the second
0: half
2: <laughs> of our career.
0: Did oh. you flip him off after he <laughs> after he hit one out on you? In my in my mind,
1: yeah. <laughs> um. A, a memorable moment of your career, you and Mark Witten had a little kerfuffle. Uh, do you still keep in touch with Mark Witten by any chance?
2: Haven't haven't talked to him in a while. No, no, no. I know he's doing um, some great work with the RBI program um, down south, down here. I think – I'm trying to think of what area he's in. He might be in Florida. He might be in the Georgia area also. But, yeah, I just I hear all the, the good work. So we'll, we'll cross each other's paths here pretty soon.
1: Well, uh, you know, I thought you totally got screwed in that incident. I don't know if for people that don't remember, you didn't even hit him. You just throw it threw him near him. He charged the mound. You stayed on the mound like you were supposed to, because if you left the mound, I think you get suspended or whatever. And then he comes in, and you both get suspended, and you get fined, right? Isn't that what happened?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was part of the deal. You know, it's just, that's just what happened. Was, you know, it was that, that time when we had young arms, and none of them wanted to take care of the business that needed to be taken care of, so I had to get somebody that day yeah. because Jimmy Key had thrown, or six days before that, we were in Toronto, and Jimmy Key threw one behind Ozzie Gian's head and then up and in that knocked Robin Ventura on his back and would have hit him right in the face. Wow. Then, five days later, at our place the day before, he drills Robin, Robin protects his face with his wrist, and Robin gets hit right in the wrist. Now, you're talking, you know... A big year when we ended up, you know, being pretty good, and we could have lost one of our best players on that. So it was one of those where a message you need to be sent, you can't get away with this. We're, you know, we know what's going on, and we're going to do that too. So, you know, it was
0: more of a message. I had nothing against Witten. It was, it was a message. Yeah, sure. So, you know, talking about some of the great years in 1993, probably the best year uh, with the white Sox, And you were the Cy Young winner that year, went to the playoffs against the blue Jays. And if I remember correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, wasn't that the night that Michael Jordan came out throughout the first pitch was the night that he retired from basketball.
2: Cause I, cause, yeah, it was all, all right around that time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because
0: it started murm- the murmur started going around the ballpark. Mm-hmm. We were there that night, mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly the the second biggest story is the game we're watching. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but that was that was one of the greatest seasons of um, White Sox history. I wore a goatee just because of you, my friend.
2: <laughs> you still
0: have good. yours? Yeah, you still. Oh yeah. Uh,
2: oh
1: yeah. Hey, uh, you've probably taken what thousands of flights. You know, airplane uh, trips. Can you remember any scary ones where you're thinking, "All right, this is the bottom of the ninth for the old Jackster"? Any any memorable scary flights?
2: Well, we had one crazy one with the White Sox that uh, we were we were coming back from. I believe we we're coming back from Seattle, okay? And probably about 35 minutes into the flight, all of a sudden boom you hear this big boom and you know in the in the plane starts rattling yeah. we look out and the engine's on fire <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: i'm not a mechanic <laughs> but that's not like, good.
2: i'm like okay yeah that's not the one thing you know I, I don't know much about aviation but i'm pretty sure the wing's <laughs> on fire but so here comes the flight attendant she runs back and she looks at it and she sees And she just closes the
3: windows. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here. And I'm like,
2: wow, did they really, they teach that? And so we're going, okay. So a lot of the guys were asleep. A couple of us were awake. And we ended up having to do an emergency landing in, I think, Kansas City. But, yeah, the the wing's on fire. A couple funny parts of that is, uh, you know, some some guys were to the point of, Tearing up and crying oh, yeah. and freaking out. Name names. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Name, name, name names <laughs> right here. And some guys. And some guys were having fun like us. We were like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, what are you gonna do? But Pudge, Pudge was sleeping at the time, and I I always sat in the seat right behind him. So I woke him up. I said, Hey, Pudge. Pudge, we just we just lost an engine, dude. The engine just blew out. It was on fire. And, and and he just waking up. He looks at me. And he goes, Just one. Yes. <laughs> He goes, he goes, okay. And he goes back to sleep. I'm like, going. now that is veteran leadership. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so last week we had Carmen Fanzone on the show. He's a former Cub, and he's a musician. He was a trumpet player. And he talked about when he was with the Cubs, he would go traveling around the country with his with his trumpet, and he'd, he'd do some gigs at night because well, the Cubs played a lot of day games in those days. You are also that rare combination of – musician and ball player. Did you combine the two during the seasons at all?
2: We did sometimes. It was kind it's kind of tough because, you know, you, you didn't, being a starting pitcher, you didn't want to do it the night before you pitch, you know, have to stay out late and do all that because then you're setting yourself up for, you know, to, to take crap if something bad goes on. So the shows that we did do, you kind of had to Hope that the you know eighty percent, four out of the five days it would land on, right? You know that, you, that it was okay to do it. So it was kind of hard because you had to set it up way in advance if you wanted anybody to go. But wasn't Scott? So, Radins- yeah, we did a few. We did a few times.
1: Scott Radinsky, did he play with you? Why do I remember that? Was he part of your?
2: He did. He went. His um his band was kind of my backing band for the first time that that uh, we went on tour. So he brought along a, uh, another guitar player and drummer. And then me uh, and Lee Plemel, who was my college roommate, played bass and sang backup and stuff. And Scott also sang some backup and played the bongos and ran around on stage like Crazy dude he is.
1: Yeah, he's a reliever. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, you, you, your, your band. You guys backed up the Smithereens for a tour, didn't you? Did I read that right?
2: We did. That, that was actually that tour that we did. That I just described. That was when we, you know, we played a bunch of stuff on our own, and then we opened up a, a couple legs of their tour, and from that kind of formed my new band because Mike Maceros, the bass player for the Smithereens. Really, we became good friends, and he really loved the music. And then so he became my bass player and played with me for the next seven or eight years and um the the sound man mike hamilton um became my guitar player and kind of co-producer on everything so yeah we kind of that's where the band stick figure came from
0: that's awesome now i've heard your music i kind of know the genre that you're in um but uh i'm always curious about musicians if you're put on a desert island and you can have one album to bring with you other than your own. What is what is like that one album that has has made you into the musician that you are today?
2: Well, you can't really say one album, but I think kind of my favorite.
3: Oh, you get three albums.
2: <laughs> REM, my favorite REM yeah. album was Life's Rich Pageant, which if, for most REM fans is not their favorite, but that was my favorite. I just like the sounds on it. Like the ideas, for the songs, and things like that. Um, probably bring the Beatles on there. Yeah. Probably Rubber Soul would be one of them.
1: Not bad. Rick is and, just boning
0: uh, up here. That's his. That's, that's, that's my favorite. That's his favorite
1: album. And
2: probably probably the Zombies, man.
0: Oh, cool time of the season. What's your name? Who's your daddy? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, I, I, you're still playing music, obviously. Todd, talk to us about what you're what you're doing now.
2: Well, not much music these days. I'm uh, busy as heck. I'm we uh, am a college head coach right now at Queens University of Charlotte. They just started the program last season, um, which we played at the club level. And we, we got our first crew in there, and now we're um, – in the South Atlantic Conference and NCAA, we're all in this year, so we're in the thick of it right now.
1: You know, Rick and I both have all of our eligibility. You want us to come and
0: throw the <laughs> throw the pill
1: around? A we're fifty five. Is, is that a
2: problem? You
0: think? What's that? We're 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 fifty five years old, uh, but we are available. to Yeah, pitch. To, to, yeah. Do you want us to play on the team? I have one good rotator cuff left. It's not my <laughs> pitching arm.
2: That's right. But, yeah, you, uh, yeah. You just need a little bit of eligibility. That's all we need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, so final question. All the years that you played baseball, who is the most punchable person that you ever met in right. baseball? You 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 saw him and you're like, oh, just looked up. Yeah, the Bill Lambeer of baseball.
2: You yes. got?
1: You got any of them there?
2: Well, probably it wouldn't be so now that that we aren't competing against each other. You know, we probably if we ever came across each other, it would be normal high. But me and Nolan Ryan weren't big fans of each other. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, we played.
0: So that's good. A hall of famer. You you've chosen wisely, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And Robin might be your tag team guy too. Yeah. Right. Know. That's right. I forgot about that. Well, uh, Jack, thanks very much for being on the show with us. We really appreciate it. This was a, a, a lot of fun, and wish you the best in your new job. Yeah. cool. Yeah. That. And uh, and thanks for all that you did for us in Chicago. All the great times that you gave us. And the goatee. Right. I did shave the goatee.
1: Uh, <laughs> you probably that goatee probably kept me from having sex in the nineties. So you wore it a lot better than. <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> I think there may have been a few other reasons, <laughs> but thanks again, Jack.
2: All right, man. Take care. All
1: right. I tell you, he—I I was excited every fifth day when he was pitching when he was on the White Sox. I would—he was great. I mean, I uh, just—and what a good guy too.
0: Yeah, I'm not even a White Sox fan, but I always liked Jack McDowell too. He just had that rock and roll edge, exactly. To him, you know, and he wore the goatee a lot better than I did, <laughs> a lot better. And he's still sporting it. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave and who doesn't, yeah, you can cool. find us at EckartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Uh, if you want to know who's producing the show, you should tell everybody who's producing the hey, show. Why don't you do it? Well, no. Tony Lasana no, from no. Opie production Productions. And there's his a- his show is now up and running again. It's back. Uh, there's an episode up right now right. with Larry Potash, right. uh, who is the Channel 9 morning news anchor. He's no black Jack McDowell. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Perfect. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's okay. <All> right? <laughs> Actually, that's a great show. If you right. get a chance, you should check it out. It's all part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, which uh, Ed Silla mm-hmm. is the distributor of. So we thank everybody from them. And we'll be back again next week. I will be here. Okay. So we're going to be, it's like eight weeks in a row, Dave. Where's the deli tray? Mom didn't make a deli tray. I know. She's fallen down on the mm-hmm. job. We'll be back again next week with another episode of... Minutia Men. <laughs>
2: The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher
0: Radio,
3: and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions.
0: Tony, can you
1: shut up?
2: If you missed Los 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 Ano or Los Angeles, Los Anno and friends, here's
3: what you missed. I'm Khan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? Is I it? actually don't. Politics. The problem is, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the either you know the hosts are either you know very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe. Anything that they're saying, yeah. they're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple things that worry me about the future. I'm, I, this is I'm getting to be an old man because it's like I all of a sudden you know back in my day we didn't have Armenian girls having sex with black guys. You know I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? You know, I don't know. And this is not against you know the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, right. but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide. Who's, who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and yeah. most of the right stuff doesn't make any sense right. to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels or no, entertainment no. channels. No. All, and that's, it's all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the label news on it and present it like news. Right. it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertain. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. yeah. Uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know. You think God. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN yeah. to bring this around full circle. He was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay. Huh? Glenn, yeah. as a showman, I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of right, it. Right, right. Yeah. I think Rush truly believes what he says. Really? I do. Again. I always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing yeah. it. And he could do it without calls. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But that's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. the point. Very few guys can yeah. do that. Right. There's Everybody in conservative Talk radio has a first and last name. That's like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt and uh, like Lou Lewis. And there's guys. I mean, literally, there are guys that you know. Tom Thompson. It's like really. You think we're that stupid? We can't remember your name? That you have to name of yourself twice? You
2: Asshole. Radio misfits get more. Losano and friends. Losano. Now on Losano.com. Good luck trying to spell Losano or whatever it's called.